good, folks? Triple B's back in the house, back blacker and better than ever, in my case especially. This is K-Rob in the house. Glad you guys could join us for another wonderful edition. This week we are, unfortunately, sans Jared, the man from Moss River, as work and life has uh, taken him away, as it does. So he's going to be flying with a uh, moderately handsome son of a bitch, Mr. Byron Moss. What is good, brother? Oh, not much. Oh, you just living that life. And do I get to become honorary black today, considering the music I've been listening to recently? Um, not, no, never ever. Oh, damn. <laughs> no. We don't hand out black cards. You are what you are. But hey, depending on how you cook, maybe you can come to the cookout. As long as you don't I, put raisins in your potato salad. I mean, the other night, I went full ham and uh, made myself in our Instapot uh, some sweet and spicy chicken thighs. They came on fire. It, Interesting. Now, uh, I will, as the as the sole proprietor of all things Afro-American on this show, will be judging you based on what you season your food with. Yeah, I mean, it red uh, honey uh, was, uh, was put in with chicken broth, soy sauce, red pepper flakes, garlic, pepper. Damn. That's a lot going on. Yeah, I put it in the Instant Pot for eight minutes. Let it pressure for 15. Then you make your, uh, think your sauce up on the saute function. Comes out fire. Right. You might, have, well, you, well, you could probably get that by me, but you, uh, most importantly, you, in my world, you'd have to run that by my mama just to make sure. And you haven't <laughs> met my mother yet, but Jared knows her quite yeah. well. Yeah. He and I were actually talking last night about how my mom has like a million adopted uh, white kids. That- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if if you know anything about my mother, like, God, I don't know how many like, kids essentially got adopted into our family as we were growing up. Oh no, totally! I became one of them, and I never even been. I never even went to your house. I just went to a play at your high school yep. for a day, and she was she was looking out for me because, oh, you're you know where you went to high school is a little yeah. ding, ding ding ding, you know, a little. <laughs> Hey, I'm being generous because I have I, I have friends at, I have friends from that school. Here's the thing: is it's it's country as as fuck. Like they took pride driving tractors to school. No, y'all didn't. <laughs> yes, we had tractor day. kids, people would drive tractors to school. Yeah, you know that that's about some the most Twin River shit I think I've ever heard in my in my fucking life. But now I'm glad now I'm glad to be joined up with you this week. Um, you know, like I said, Jared is going to be joining us for the next episode, and uh, he yeah, hopefully. But he and I do have something that we're excited about within within the realm of Triple Bs. We're going to be he and I and our lovely friend uh, the jeweler Matthew Whitworth. We're going to be uh, doing some. Uh, some wrestling uh, discussions here on the show under the title Riffin' and Wrestling," calling them the Riff Daddies because, you know, we we all got kids. I don't play a guitar, but I do have a guitar, but it's it's gimmicked. It's a, it's a wrestling uh, guitar. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Jeff Jarrett, a.k.a. Slap Nuts. Also, today's <laughs> show is officially brought to you by As We Are. Uh, this is an unofficial sponsorship, but shout out to Yingling. We are tr- Beards, Brews, and Bros, so by God, somebody should be drinking a damn beer on this show. And that would be me. So. I would I would take a beer with you, but I can't find... The only place I found my, my preferred beer was at a uh, pizzeria uh, on the hill. Dude, I haven't... You know what? I haven't ate at the hill in years. 
Oh, dude, it is. Oh, it's like it's. But it's like if you go there at night, it's sketchy as hell because it's just run down. But God, the food there is so good. Yeah, it is the best Italian I've ever had anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. The last time, the next time I come up to St. Louis and actually spend some substantial time there, I think we do need to make a trip to the hill and and, and make sure you budget the money, dude. It's not. Oh cheap. no, I know because it's not <laughs> cheap. It ain't cheap and. Hell, we all on a budget these days, but uh, no joke. So you know, so we got a lot to get into today. You know, folks, we're just kind of shooting from the hip. And by the way, for our our international listeners, the Hill, just for some context, if you ever visit here, Saint uh, here to St. Louis, Missouri, where Byron lives, well, outside of, but if you visit St. Louis, the Hill is where you will find the best Italian on food on planet Earth. And here's the thing: that whole neighborhood, you can't live there unless you are Italian descent. Is that really is that really the truth? Yes, you can't live there if you're not of Italian descent or Italian. It's that prestigious. So, like, the food there is authentic as you're going to get in the United States. See, now that explains a lot. I remember the first time I ate at the Hill, actually. I spent a summer in St. Louis. Uh, it was 2000. I spent a summer with my Uncle Carl. Shout out to him. Still lives in St. Louis. And he took me to a place called Cicero's. And, and they had this pizza. It was like... The, the pig or something and keep in mind I'm 12 at the time I had never seen a pizza with so much meat paws on it in my entire life and this thing was thick with two C's yes oh, crap. Uh, I, I had never ate a pizza with a fork before until then <laughs> uh, for me my first experience was uh, me and my wife we went and ate at Charlie Guido's like mm-hmm. here's right. how fancy this, this place is you check your coat at the door Ooh, yeah. Okay. Like, uh, I end up, I can't remember what she had, but I ended up having the um, lobster ravioli and lobster sauce. Fancy. It's only five ravioli, but the ravioli's were the size of my hand. Shoot. You take it home? No, I didn't finish that shit off. All right. Because that sounds heavy, bro. It really wasn't that heavy, but it was so good. That sauce was rich and creamy. It was, ugh. You need to you need to quit that because you know all I've had had for breakfast today is a bowl of crave like Kellogg's crave cereal. Uh, I had two uh, Pillsbury uh, toaster scrambles. Ain't bad, ain't bad. Normally I don't eat breakfast. <laughs> I usually find something quick and easy I can nuke in the or, or microwave or make quickly that I can throw my backpack and eat it once it's work. Like I'm never up this early. Like I, I well intentionally only after work however this is a normal thing for me although last night i fell asleep so early i woke up at three could back to sleep till six Ugh, yeah that was me and then i woke up again at seven in the morning and i'm like i am wide awake you know what i'm gonna do at 7 a.m i'm gonna watch reviews of shitty steven seagal movies <laughs> so all of them <laughs> no oh no dude okay first off i gotta give a shout out to the youtuber jason brand i found this guy he has a series called so bad it's good and he makes his wife and one of his buddies review crappy steven seagal movies the man is so fake remember one time he tra- he he tricked his his wife into watching one this one is called a good the uh, end of a gun interesting just think I about it, and the, the, the caption says, Steven Seagal can't find the sausage in a bowl of Jello." What? <laughs> I, I'm, confu- I'm totally confused there. 
like you ever you watch a bunch you've watched the gall movies before right like uh, you know in the earlier too. ones he's like he's like skinny and kind yeah, of and you know in shape as he just gets older he just expands and expands yeah. and he looks like a huge he looks like a human uh, garbage bag yeah. when he wears only, trash bags the only one i can really think of like, like i've seen or quasi watched was against the dark which was a fucked up movie to begin with <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's this guy and another channel uh another youtube shout out to space eyes who does the most hilarious reviews and i got blessed in the last two days i got two new seagal videos this one is steven seagal's absolution is the steven seagal of steven seagal movies have you, have you ever watched that man do fights or whatnot yes like, i have like, it's he, like he barely moves it's like yeah uh the form you're you're actually using is kind of similar, like the, the traditional art you use is kind of similar to that. But in reality, like those people are clearly over like overselling. It's literally every fight he has is the equivalent of of Hogan and Shawn Michaels match. Oh god, SummerSlam 2005. <laughs> yeah, it's essentially it's essentially uh, he's Hogan and everybody else is Shawn Michaels. They're overselling everything. Everyone's got to bounce off of him. And I noticed one thing, and and, um, and by the way, we don't call him Steven Seagal. We call him Sifu Seagal because <laughs> of his Aikido background, and it looks like he's eating all the world's seafood. But yeah. <laughs> you ever notice, outside of maybe his first movie, Above the Law, like Steven Seagal never takes a punch. No damage. He's never in peril. T- tell me uh, an actor who has more of an ego than he does. I don't know one, and it's funny because you would think a dude like him would probably be super insecure. He has the world's, mo- you know, highest level of confidence, and he really shouldn't. No, because like he's he's a B C list actor at best, honestly. Like he's never put out any movie that's really of any note or worth. No, well, not not true. I mean, okay, he did give us Under Siege, and Under Siege Two: Dark Territory are both good movies. Okay, okay. So two, two movies out of his whole filmography. Above the Law actually was, was was really good, to be fair, as well. Gotta be completely objective before he expanded into, into uh, Sifu. But that's how I started my day. I'm like, dude, shut up. I got, I got new Seagal movies to review. Oh, this is glorious. <laughs> like, the YouTube gods blessed me very well this morning with a bountiful feast of... I know another thing. Watch his movies. You ever notice that Steven Seagal jumps from accent to accent? I say I've not seen that many, and I said most of the time it's like it's, it's more like their background noise at best. I don't go out of my way to watch. Actually, I, I have not watched a single movie of his end to end since Fire Down Below because we had it on VHS. Shout out to shout out and rest in peace to a lot of VCRs in the world. So yeah. watching those actually video, worth quite a bit of money nowadays too. Oh, I imagine I would love to have one because dude, I still have I have VHSs here at the house. Um, but I noticed one thing. He jumps from speaking, you know, streetwise, if you will, and then he'll go into a Creole accent like he's been living in Louisiana his whole life. What the fuck? And then he'll just start to mumble. And this could all be within the span of one sentence. Oh, God. Like, dude, it's, it's a sight to behold. Like, a Seagal movie is the ultimate car crash you cannot stop watching because one car, <laughs> then another, and another, and another. It just never stops, and it's so bad, and oh, everything's cringe. Every, everybody dies. No one's happy except Sifu <laughs> as, he, as he continues to expand until he encompasses the entire Earth. Oh, God. Folks, there's all been a lot going on in the world of, of nostalgia and 
bringing old nostalgia to the to the forefront. Dude, they started filming officially Good Burger Two, and it's being filmed in of all places Rhode Island. That's that's a curious you know location. I'm sure that makes Keenan and Kel the only two black people in Rhode Island, but <laughs> um, meaning they probably covered the entire uh, you know s- space of the state of Rhode Island. But that that'll be in November on Paramount Plus. It got me thinking about any other movie or TV shows of your childhood that you loved that you would love to see get made into a into a film or some kind of special on a streaming platform because that's what's in nowadays. Oh. I mean, Good Burger Two, according to Keenan, this had been in the in the works since like 1998. It just Man. never got off the ground. It's, it's production hell. That's a lot of production. A lot of like uh, ideas and IPs get stuck in production hell. I mean, hell. How long did Mario movie and the Mario movie get stuck in production hell? Oof. Yeah. Uh, really, that's a really good point. Uh, God, I'm trying to think. Uh, I, I, I'm really struggling because like it's it's hard to really want that. Because it's so hard, like especially if, like 20, 30 years have gone by, it's rare that you can capture that magic in a bottle a second time. How many movies have gone like 20, 30 years past when the first one came out to get a second one that actually worked? I only think of one. Now it's Maverick. Maverick worked. Yeah. Uh, what? Ugh, I gotta think on that one. See, see a movie like Top Gun Maverick, which by the way, best movie of last year, a major talked. Huh? What win any Academy Awards? Well, no, because everything, everywhere, all at once did, and that deserved it. That's all right. See, Top Gun Maverick, to me, epitomizes what a summer blockbuster should be and feel yes. like what we grew up with. I felt watching that movie made me feel, every time it does, it makes me feel like I'm sitting in the Rogers Theater in the mid-90s on, like, a hot-ass J- June or July. Yep. And, and major shout out back home to, for, to back home to the legendary Rogers Theater, still in business, still rolling today. Um, but that's what it made me feel like. Like I remember, okay, was it 1995? I saw in theaters Casper. You know, I can vividly, I can vividly, Good movie. Re- yeah, it is. I can vividly remember every movie I saw at the Rogers Theater. But that's how Top Gun Maverick made me feel like I'm at the Rogers or the Mansion Mall, that movie theater way yep. back in the day or something like that. Or even yep. Pokemon, the first movie at Showplace oh, 8. I remember that. That was like, such a rush. Get lost in the mo- in the movie, which is what Tom Cruise wanted you to do. Um, and, yeah, there was a 36-year bridge between the first film and Maverick. But it never felt it never felt out of place. It didn't feel like you know a, a fish out of water. Everything fit, mm-hmm. you know. And that that's how that's how summer films should be. But like when you're talking, to, like when we're thinking about like staples from our childhood that did get films. Obviously, Power Rangers the movie definitely did. You know, we had Pokemon and uh, 1995's Mortal Kombat, which I still say is better than the one we got in 2021, even though that's good. Yeah, the, the again, it's the '95 film for its era. Hit checked off everything you could possibly do. It was great. The new one, if they hadn't put a new fucking character that nobody asked for in, would have been phenomenal. 
You know, I'm thinking with uh, Cole Young that there's more to it, and he's going to turn into somebody. No the, th- no, the thing is, what I've, I've done enough research into this, and I've looked into this. The reason they created Cole Young was they wanted to make it open for people who are not familiar with the franchise. They want to be like, you are going to ride along with this brand brand new character who has no idea what's going on, and you're going to learn about everything just as he learns about it. Um, I'm sitting here thinking like. The people who are going to see Mortal Kombat are going to the people are the ones who know Mortal Kombat. Exactly, that's who that's who the target audience is, dude. That's stupid as hell. That's really I mean, dumb. I mean, like, in the last twenty not, years, is Hollywood ever done anything smart? Give them give give credit where it's due for. Uh, for, for I'll give them credit stuff. in a few areas, but like as a whole, Hollywood is simply grasping at straws. When it comes to video game titles being translated to film. Just give them the movie, just give them the game in movie form. It doesn't have, don't reinvent a wheel that doesn't need reinvented unless it's absolutely necessary. Don't, don't you know that Hollywood writers think they can do better than uh, what's already out there? No. See, Hollywood, comes, writers have, Hollywood writers have the biggest fucking ego in the world. Since when it comes to game movies, it need, the, those properties need to be in the hands of, of somebody who knows the source material, is a fan of the source material, and will respect the source material. That is why, whenever it gets done, the Metal Gear Solid movie, I am guaranteeing, is going to be incredible, because Jordan Vaught-Roberts did not write a script that he knew Hideo Kojima would not approve of. So, he ran it by the man and got his blessing. And that is more than enough for me. Way more than enough. Now, who he casts is going to be very important, but that's the thing. That's why a lot of game movies suck, is because the source material is not being respected to its fullest capacity, and the people working on the oh, film aren't fans. Get, that's, a, that's a whole can of worms we can open up. I mean, hell, the Halo series is a big example of the source material not being respected. Now, I haven't watched any any of that show on Paramount. I, I have not, but here's the thing. We see Master Chief's face. Uh, oh, oh, no, no. And Master Chief has some, apparently I've heard what Master Chief has some kind of uh, love interest or whatnot. It's like the oh, dude oh, was. It's, it's like, I'm sorry, the Spartan program when it was created, these were literally kids who were taken cybernetically enhanced, and they pretty much had next to no emotion beyond complete the mission. I uh, God, God damn it! Like I said, it's uh, uh, <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> I can't, I can't words right now. I can't word. That is stupid as shit. Yeah. So, however, can I counter with, with a source material that's been respected? Castlevania on Netflix. That yes. one's been done right by. Yes, it kept, it also, I think it went a little bit harder than the games. Basically, basically they expanded on the imagination you as a child had the first time you played Castlevania because what you're playing on the screen and what's playing in your mind is a lot more vivid than what's on the screen because of technology at the time. I mean, even even in modern day, what like the games were never that gory, but like they oh. really took, they really took the idea of this is a fucked up time, fucked up place. It is horrible. Let's make it horrible. I think what and they borrowed from was uh, the Lords of Shadow games. 
Uh, I would say they play, lean, they lean more towards the Witcher. I say they lean more towards the Witcher style. No, I agree there as well. But like in terms of borrowing elements from the games, Lords of Shadow is the uh, essentially they're the prequel games to Castlevania, where you play as Dracula as he becomes. Okay. And those are M-rated games. They're not. Yeah, they're not friendly whatsoever. But Castlevania as a source material was greatly respected, mm-hmm. and as a as 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 a cornerstone franchise in the history of video games during you know the ascension of video games into pop culture in the 80s that one's been done right by it took 30 years but with super mario brothers we finally got it right yep uh trying to think another one that was mishandled uh oh there's plenty uh that's because of jean-claude not just because. I recommend watching the What Happened video from Matt McMuscles on YouTube. Another shout-out there to a great YouTuber. Check that out. But he had a lot to do with it. Don't, don't, we know that much. But there was a lot more to it. I found out that Hasbro had a hand in how the movie was presented because they wanted action figures to sell. And they didn't want them to look like the characters in the video game. Don't, don't even get me started with Hasbro. Oh, oh, oh! Do 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 we have a soapbox? You got you got uh, something? No, be, no. The thing is, uh, Hasbro owns Wizards of the Coast, and I don't even get me started on Wizards of the Coast and Hasbro oh, and and oh. how Hasbro is literally milking their one IP because nothing else they have is successful. So I really don't want to get you hot this early in the morning, is what you're saying? Yeah, like it's I've I've ranted about Hasbro and whatnot. Just all I can say is Hasbro as a company is trash. Okay, Zach Morris. All right then, um, damn. Uh, oh, I, Assassin's I, I, Creed wasn't inhaled that well. Forgot about that one. Oh no, that was a bad one as well. Um, another one that hurt my heart is uh, Max Payne with Mark Wahlberg. Uh, absolutely love that franchise. I, I always say it, it in terms of story, it is the best Rockstar has ever done. Yeah. Sorry, not sorry, not sorry. Grand Theft Auto. Yeah. But that was that was another bad one. I mean, uh, Dead Honestly, or Alive sucked was another. Yeah. Honestly, an IP that I'm hoping gets redeemed, and I'm hoping Disney doesn't go because they have Rick Reardon there, the Percy Jackson series. All right. They're doing, they're doing a live action. Uh, it's been in production for a while. They're doing a live action uh, TV series on uh, Disney Plus, and Rick Reardon has a hand in how it's going to be done. And I'm hoping it works well. Fingers crossed, because the movies were very lackluster. And honestly, the, the biggest controversy controversy in the whole uh, thing and whatnot is the person in the cast is Annabeth. Okay, what was your issue there? I don't have any issue with it. It's it's a it's it, we talk about that issue like really get double the issue. It's going to double the political thing. But mm-hmm. uh, in the book, Annabeth is a white girl. In the film, in the TV series, they're casting her as a black girl. I don't see an issue with that as long as the performance is, as the performance equals out. I'm okay with it because Rick Reardon came out and stated she has the she she has the personality and the gumption and all that of the character. So it's like you know what I'm willing to respect the author if he's if he's going to be like yes this person fits the role. I have no problems. All right, now. Uh, you know that that just really got me thinking, and also I still haven't seen Super Mario Brothers the movie, and I know I need to. We need uh, to watch. We just also need to watch Party with the three of us. Yeah, we all do. Well, Jared's already seen it with with Layla. You know, like he won't watch it again. 
Well, no. This is the dude. This is the dude who who he's the only human being I know who actually has dressed up as Luigi for Halloween. Facts. I've seen it. <laughs> hey, but remember the year Luigi sucked. Sorry, Jared. It's true. Those games. <laughs> Said Luigi's Mansion. Shout out. Great game. Uh, a, a lot of other stuff going on. We had some big gaming news get dropped this week, um, to say the least. I now I have to I have to mention one of my old coworkers at Walmart who I thought was bullshitting me because he knows how sensitive I am when it comes to Metal Gear. So I wake up a few days ago and. Um, Shout out to my buddy Jeremy. He lives in lives in Kansas, worst place on earth. And he says, "Dude, did you see the trailer for the Metal Gear Solid Three remake?" And I'm like, "Dude, whatever. That's not true." And also, <laughs> I'm a, I'm still waking up, so I'm I don't fully believe him anyway. Yeah. But you know, on Facebook, and then I see it, and then I audibly <laughs> scream. And then nobody's <laughs> in the house with me, so I I screamed very loudly because I could not believe this was actually happening. And it's gorgeous, and it's called Metal Gear Solid Delta Snake Eater. It's a full remake of the game, but everything is going to be retained. Story will not be tampered with. The original story will not, but there's a possibility of expanding on uh, the uh, the story of the game in terms of tying some loose ends together from other games. Um, It's not a bad thing. No, not at all. Uh, With the canon of... um, because uh, Metal Gear Solid Three, in terms of or in terms of canon, is the origin of the franchise. But it was revealed in Metal Gear Solid Five that there were background players from that game that were helping assist with the mission in Number Three. So I'm okay with that. Uh, visually, it's it's absolutely stunning. I saw the trailer on IGN. Just freaking beautiful. All the voice actors are returning. Now, that's really big, but my question is, that game came out in 2005, so how well can everybody re, um, return to those voices where, hey, this, this version of Snake, this is the this is big boss, he's younger. The guy, you know, love David Hayter, he is the goat of voice acting and gaming, as far as I'm concerned, for only doing one voice. That's all that matters. But can, at an older age, you do that voice a little younger? I mean, I, there's a lot of questions here's, to be here's asked. The, here's the thing. As long as the voice matches up in some form of fashion, doesn't matter. You're right. You're right. And you know, with the fact the fact that everybody is returning, where you also have Lori Allen who voiced in only one game, the greatest female character in the history of video games, the most powerful badass, without it being put upon that. You know, we're making sure you know that we're putting it in your face that she is one, the boss, aka the joy. She she absolutely beats Snake's ass sideways until you have to fight her at the very end, and she makes you kill her, and it breaks your heart. And it, I cried when I beat that game for the first time. I have no shame in saying so. So that game absolutely has me through the roof. Originally this year, I only planned to buy Mortal Kombat 1. That was the rule. One game this year, EA Sports College Football next year. Period. But this shit dropped... It will come out on PS4, PS5, Xbox Series, and um, I believe Xbox Series consoles only, and Steam. Cannot freaking wait. Do you I have hope, anything? I, I said I hope the Steam port has been is done well enough where it's not going to cause issues like the last several ports have. See, I have never played a game off of Steam, so why don't you fill me in? Have you ever had any issues using Steam? I've never had issues using Steam because most of the games I play are only on Steam. Or, like, they're primarily, like, made for the computer. 
Like, I just, here's the thing. If there's a game I want for the console, I get it for the console. If there's a game I want for the PC, I get it for the PC. The only overlay really is uh, some of the old Star Wars games. Like, I've got that's Old Republic 2 and Republic Commandos on my PC. I would like to get a controller to play uh, Republic Commandos because mouse and whatnot just doesn't feel the same to me. Uh huh. And I, I, when I played it originally, played it with a controller, so. I personally do not know how people can just play games strictly with a mouse. Oh, it just depends on the game. Like I said, it's, I think it's kind of uh, it depends on the feel. Like uh, I played Valorant with a mouse, and it's fine. Uh-huh. It's, just, it's, it's a whole different uh, feel. Like it, instead of like using two fingers to keep your aim in a certain way, it's just one. Okay. See, it, it's just a little bit adjusting. Fair. Um, you know, with PC gaming, with me, I do emulation primarily. You know, eventually, if once I get this bad boy up to juiced up to where I want it to be, then, you know, I'll dig into doing, you know, some actual PC gaming, you know, with Steam and stuff, because I have a lot of games on my Series X that I would like to play and even higher resolution and fidelity on PC. You know, um, a well, Batman Arkham Knight is one because I did play that on PC one time with with one of my buddies. He's got a monster PC, and I went back home and I played it on my console, and it was the equivalent of playing an Atari Twenty Six Hundred by comparison. And I said, "Okay, yeah, I have a goal now." <laughs> Jeez, that's one of those. It, that's one of those you just can't go back. Yeah. On. Oh, I just saw. I was thinking about something or whatnot, and I just looked up an article. I'm not sure how accurate it is, but apparently. The Prince of Persia remake is, uh, they're starting from scratch. Scratch, huh? Well, hmm, go so ahead. They had previously, they're just said, nope. Got, uh, so Prince of Persia, Save the Time remake got announced back in 2020. And apparently, again, there's been so many issues and whatnot in the gaming world with games and whatnot, like getting anything done, beyond be honest. Yeah. Uh, that apparently, they're going to start from scratch. Interesting. All right. Um, how do you feel about that? I know you're a big fan of the Prince of Persia franchise, a, a straight rebuild from the ground up. I, when it comes to remakes, and uh, as much as I'd love to play like an updated graphics or whatnot, uh huh. If you're doing a remake, don't change the elements of the game. Keep the, keep everything at the core. Fun the, the core. Don't the change story. Core. Don't change story. If you want to change the like the combat a little bit, that's fine. Like personally. The first game's combat was very linear and got kind of stale towards the end of the game. Uh-huh. Uh, the second and third game combat was significantly better. It was more fluid, much more versatile, what you could do. Uh, but if you're going to update a game, you update the right things. If you want to say update that maybe the combat elements or whatnot, but you don't mm-hmm. update the story and the core elements of it. If you change it, it's not the same game. That I completely agree with. As and long as you keep, keep the core the same and make fundamental changes. Yeah, and spe- speaking of games going into hiatus or whatnot, uh, the another game that's right near and dear to my heart, Star Wars: National Republic uh, remake, is officially in hell. Uh-oh. Uh oh. So don't know if or that's ever going to take off or whatnot. Personally, I'm fine with that. Honestly, I am 100 fine with that never happening. So. You would you would much prefer it just never happen. Yeah, uh, it's because here's the thing. I'm afraid that what's going to happen is they're going to take it the way they. A lot of people praise the uh, 
the remake of uh, what's it called? Uh, Dead Space. Interesting. All right. But but it's but they changed so much of the elements of the game and story that I'm just like, you know what? A remake is essentially you're taking an old game, updating updating a few elements, but you don't change the story. You don't change key elements. Like I said, I've not played the remake. I only ever played the original. I only probably ever play the original because a remake has to be outrageously something I was near to my heart and Dead Space was great, but it's not something I really super on board with. Like I said, if if they came out the remake, the two remakes that really, for me, I want or would want to buy would be Star Wars Dead Republic uh, 1 and Prince of Persia. Because I have played so much of those games. Like, I literally have original copies, uh, Xbox copies of the original uh, uh, Prince of Persia trilogy and National Republic 1 and 2. Still have them? Hell yeah, dude. Still have them. Uh, I, I mean, I had to get a, a new copy or a, uh, go get a, co- a different copy of my uh, Boy Within because I don't know what will happen to it. But I now have all three of the original ones sitting on my shelf. Uh, so, like, for me, it's like, if, if, you, if you don't, if you can't do the game justice, especially a game like National Republic, I just told you about it. Let's just look real quick. Yeah, also, I'll, I'll take a look. Uh, no, it's uh, Metacritics real quick. Let's see, Kotar remake. Let's see what we got here. No, it's, no, it's, uh, I'm looking at the, the original Metacritic uh, score for National Republic. All right, let's see what we got here. Metacritic. Uh, oh, go away. Stupid pop-ups. Hate it. Uh, uh, yeah. and so uh, so Metacritic score of a 93, user score 90. Jeez. If you can't do a game like that justice on a remake, don't touch it. Yeah, because there's no way you can make this better. Yeah, it's or to make it better, you're going to have to pull some fucking magic out of your ass. All right, look at this. Number two best PC game of 2003, most discussed PC game, ranked number one, and most shared of 2003. Critic reviews, 100, 98, 97, 93, 91. Someone gave it a – GamePro gave it an 80, whatever. I used to get GamePro magazine. Like, uh, game, game stops. Hello, hello, religiously. So I just came across an article I want to run by you. It is a top 10 from IGN, as you're an anime guy, you and Jared, and I think it will be fun to have him in on this too. But I want to know your thoughts. This is the 10 best horror anime of all time. Shoot. All right, so let's see what we got. The first one now, forgive me if I do butcher names by any means. Number 10, we have Theater of Darkness. Yami Shibai from in 2013. Uh, can you send me a link real quick so I can uh, I can uh... I can check this. Yeah, I'll shoot this over to you. Number nine is one I know you're very familiar of, and I've heard of Tokyo Ghoul. Tokyo Ghoul is a it is a very gory and twisted anime. Uh, it unfortunately it falls in the realm of it ver- like verged from the source material at times like uh-huh. out of order so like it's kind of like uh all right let's see number eight devil oh. man cry baby oh god that i watched that oh my god it is a mind fuck see the the the, the photo i'm looking at right here the dude's teeth are hella creepy and any he, and he's got a pointy ass nose so yeah I, i'm good on it number seven paranoia agent Oh, I never watched that one. Okay. But, uh, a, real quick, real quickly. Uh, the, the number 10 was Theater of Darkness Yamashibai. Yamashibai. 
Yamashibai, I think is what it's called. Okay, yes, yeah, I, I tried to. Yeah. Oh, let's see. Yeah, number seven, Paranoia Agent would be one worth, uh, it, for anything you haven't seen here, would be worth checking out. Number six, Parasite. Yep, uh, I've never seen it, but I it, it's it's a I know it's a very uh, a lot of these are like a lot of animes are kind of like lighthearted and it's like tend to be like oh yeah uh, in the end happy ending, but a lot of these I <laughs> there's not really a happy ending or if it is it's a fuck fest to get to like it's a Devil May Cry baby. There's no happy ending in that in that show. Oh no, and no, it, no. <laughs> I and I watched it like there's literally a scene. Um, Towards the end, where all hell breaks loose, uh, one of the uh, side female characters that's really close to the main character, you see her head on a pole. Ooh! Oh shit! Yup, and the, the, it's like these people are like going crazy. What are they like? They're like waving around her head on a pole. Yo, that's yeah. fucked up. Yeah. And, all right. Uh, num- n- so back to the list. Number five is Helsing from two thousand one. Oh, I've tried getting Helsing. I really have. I can't. Like it's just. What's keeping uh, you from investing into it? Uh, the story is just. It just doesn't. I don't know. It's just the story. It just. I don't. Really, it doesn't. Yeah. All right, number four, Perfect Blue, our first '90s anime on the list. Uh, I've never seen this one either. I've seen some of these, but not all of them. Okay, number three from 2000, Boogie Pop Phantom. That sounds like an awesome band name. Interesting. Number two, Higarashi When They Cry, 2006. Familiar with okay, that? I see, I've seen a little bit of this one. It is weird. Okay, it says you can watch it on High Dive. That's a platform I'm not familiar with. And number one is one I think even the most casual of anime people is going to know Death Note. Yeah, well, here's the thing: a lot of people don't even consider the second season, uh, or when uh, L took over, or M. I can't remember which one. M took over as the main antagonist to the protagonist, as and whatnot. Uh, I just happened to just happen to find another one, another uh, IGN here, and I'm you know just kind of and definitely giving him a shout out for some great content today. Video game urban legends. Before we get into discussing this, what can you think of any urban legends that you heard as a kid that you actually yep. believed? Yes. Go ahead. Uh, in Pokemon Red and Blue, uh, if you don't get the HM cut from the captain and you surf left, I don't know if you've ever played it, but you surf right of the boat, there's a truck there. The rumor was if you move the truck, Mew's there. All right, interesting. Um, you can't you can't do anything with that truck. <laughs> I've tried. You can't do anything there. It came to be like it was a myth. So I got so the first one I remember believing, and of course, when you're a child of the '90s, you want to, and you don't have access to you know magazines and stuff like that. You kind of want to see boobs anywhere you can. And the, <laughs> there was a the urban legend of there being a nude a nude code in Mortal Kombat. The game notorious for Easter eggs and hidden cheese or codes and everything like that. There was yeah. always a rumor, uh, and there will be somebody at school who claimed that they put in the right code and made everybody naked. That is some stupid shit, but I actually believe that roughly about 
seven years old, which was right before Mortal Kombat 3 came out in 1995. But that just really got me thinking. Uh, another one for, was from uh, Street Fighter 2. The and I know you're not big on uh, one-on-one fighters, but with Street Fighter 2, every time you'd win a match or the match would end, yeah. you know, and they'd have like a little winning message from the person yeah. that beat you or whatever. And I think it was Ryu. And it would always say, you must defeat Shang Long to have a chance against me. And everybody would ask, who the hell is Shang Long? Like, it's got to be like a boss character or something like that. You know, the way they debuted a Kuma or a Bison, you know, they're yeah. real. But Shang Long was always believed to be like Ryu's master or something. And GamePro ran with this so hard one time, they released an April Fool's fucking issue with Shang Long on it. <laughs> and people actually swear that they play, they fought him on M. Bison's stage in Street Fighter 2. <laughs> and like, I, I saw, like, saw sprites and everything that was supposed to yeah. be like a dude yeah. and a E and everything and all this shit. Um, like, those are the two big ones for me, but also being a big sports gamer there is no bigger urban legend than the madden curse oh yeah i know not everybody believes in curses listen i've been watching sports 30 years virtually um i'm superstitious when it comes to things like during hockey season when the blues are in the playoffs i don't shave unless they get eliminated that is what we do because the players don't shave. The playoff beard is a sign of attrition. You don't shave until you're done. Or I know guy, like there, was a, there was a player who played for the former Washington uh, Redacteds, Hall of Fame cornerback Daryl Green, always played every game with a Tootsie Roll in his sock for good luck. <laughs> I mean, the Madden, yeah. Listen, there's just so many different ones, like the rally cap in baseball. That shit works. You can't tell me it doesn't. Oh. <laughs> uh... You, you absolutely can't. Oh, the rally squirrel. Never forget the rally squirrel. He made, uh, there was a squirrel made appearance, I think it was a uh, Yankees game this year. Nice. I love when animals get on the field, by the way. But, like, but back except to the, for the, except for the Except for the two birds that got killed this year so far. Oof. Hey, at least they didn't get the Randy <laughs> Johnson treatment. But Close. The, these, are, these are balls off the bat. Ooh. Yeah, but <laughs> Well, that might act, that would come back at a faster speed, depending on how the balls hit. Yeah. But. The Madden curse, I have no choice but to believe for the longest time it was absolutely real. Okay, I've been playing I've been playing Madden since the 90s. I don't play it anymore unless they absolutely make something that's worth my time. Also, can we get another company to make NFL games to make the people at EA make a better game? But I digress. John Madden, God rest his soul, the man who is to me, he, John Madden is football, always will be. Really? He used to be on the cover of all the games. And Frank, for people who didn't know at the time, John was just, he was the color commentator for Fox, legendary head coach. Once they started putting players on the cover, things started to happen to these guys. They get injured or careers would fall off. Or they would just have, or yeah, or just have uh, either a terrible season. And some of them had long lingering effects after the fact. Now, the first guy I specifically remember being hit by the Madden curse, this was Madden 2002, 
on PlayStation 2, Xbox, and everything like that. And it was Minnesota Vikings quarterback Dante Culpepper. This guy, the previous year, he was drafted in 1999. His first year as starter in 2000, he led the Vikings to the NFC Championship game, one game short of the Super Bowl. 2001, the year he's on the cover, he, he leads the NFL in fumbles. Oh, Next yeah. year, Marshall Falk running the – Two-time league MVP running back for the St. Louis Rams, the greatest show on turf. My favorite foot. I'm a Rams fan. Favorite football team. Greatest offense to ever step on a football field. Fight me, you won't win. He comes off of an MVP season in 2001. Rams go to the Super Bowl. We lost to you know the precious Tom Brady. Yada yada. I believe there's conspiracy. I, I field goal. I, I believe. I honestly believe 9/11 caused the Patriots to win. You know, for a feel good. But I digress. That's just that's a weird, stupid thing that I only I believe. But 2001, he wins the league MVP. 2002 is the first year he does not rush for 1,000 yards. He gets injured. The Rams miss the playoffs. The next year, Michael Vick. Michael Vick is the guy who broke. <laughs> Michael Vick broke Madden. He was a 95-speed quarterback. and Michael Vick on that game was like Bo Jackson in Tecmo Bowl. You were not allowed to play with the Atlanta Falcons in Madden 04. And he breaks his leg in the preseason. In the freaking preseason. And then all the other shit that came out. The next year, he led them to the NFC Championship game, but yeah, then he got involved with, you know, with with something. fighting. Where, yeah, we're not going to get into that. Michael redeemed himself in life. I will just say that. And also, on an aside, listening to him talk to Shannon Sharp on his podcast club, Shay Shay, and his testimonial and everything, he said every day in prison, he's like, I cried. Because he knew that he, he was around the wrong people. Michael's done right in his life. The worst example of the Madden curse is Antonio Brown. Madden 19. It is fitting. There is a there's a picture of a broken foot in the corner of this of the game's box for the frostbite engine. This dude froze his feet. He's a he, he is a loon. He went from being the best receiver in the NFL to out of the league. The dude literally took off his shoulder pads during a game and left. I remember that. Dude's crazy. The I, curse is, is a hit and miss. It's a hit real. It's, 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 it's a hit real. and miss. It's real. This? We'll get into some other ones. Let's take a look uh, at this I have, one. I have another one for you. Another Pokemon one. I Go remember. Ahead, yeah, yeah. Uh, so there was a rumor that if when you're trying to catch a Pokemon uh, and you press down and B, like mash it, it turns any ball into a, po- into a mash ball. Now, how now how true what did you believe? It's that? not true. Oh, I, I oh believe me, I did it all the time. Whether it worked or not, I tried it. <laughs> Whoa, uh, what is this? Uh oh, here's one. Uh, here's another, another fun Pokemon. There's a uh, and I will say it works about eighty five percent of the time. So there's a YouTuber out there, big Pokemon YouTuber. His name's Game Boy Luke. Shout out to him. Uh-huh. We're catching Pokemon. After the second shake, you say Game Boy Luke, guaranteed catch. It just works. What? I, I don't question it. I have tried <laughs> it. It's worked about 85% of the time for me. That's Now, that's absolutely nuts. And there's, 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 there's people who have out there who like uh, played randomizers or whatnot, get a Pokemon low, uh, throw a Pokeball, two shakes at Game Boy Luke, catch legendary. I'm like, it just works. 
Okay, before I read what I just what I'm going to read, I'm looking at this list and you mentioned Pokemon. Pokemon's deadly lavender town music. What do you know about this? I think I've heard about it. I just don't remember much. It says, okay, as the world of Pokemon has expanded, it's become more cute and colorful for old players old enough to remember. Uh, Lavender Town and Pokemon Red and Blue, or Green in Japan, on the original Game Boy, is home to the infamous Pokemon Graveyard, reminding yep, all players that, yes, your Pokemon will die because nothing in the world is fair. Making matters more unsettling is the eerie, high-pitched, minimalist music from composer Junichi Masuda that plays as you pass through the town. It was so unnerving that, according to the legend, the original Japanese versions of Red and Blue caused the death of several children who played it. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I've, I've never heard that before. Known That's... around the internet as Lavender Town Syndrome, the legend varied in the telling, but the general thrust was that it caused children to have a mental break. Of course, it's there are no very creepy records. music. Dude, this like, is nuts. Have you, have you ever heard it? No. Well, let's listen to it. It is some creepy music. I'll, you know, we'll have to check that out after the show, yeah. but this is the one that got my attention. Saddam Hussein tried to use the PS2 to take over the world. <laughs> hey, fuck out of here. Listen to this shit. It's hard to imagine the PS2 was once considered the pinnacle of console hardware. In fact, 32-bit CPUs at the time were so powerful that it spurned a terrifying urban legend that capitalized on geopolitical issues that may ring freaky today. The legend goes that with the release of the PS2 in 2000, October 7th, Saddam Hussein and the Iraq government bought thousands of them with the intent of harvesting the processors and using them in their own weapons of mass destruction as this supposedly would have been the easiest way to get a hold of the expensive high-tech material. I mean, I, he was crazy enough. I believe it. Dude, you know, why <laughs> I don't, you know why I don't believe that? Because Hideo Kojima would have made a game off of it already. <laughs> Play Metal Gear Solid 2. That dude predicted so much I mean, that's around now in the last decade. Uh, here's another one, and this actually... It, this actually ties into one of the eeriest episodes of Angry Video Game Nerd I've ever seen about the arcade game Polybius. I've if, never heard of it. I hadn't either until I watched this one, and I think I want to say James Rolfe made it into like a two-parter, and it was some creepy, creepy stuff. The CIA designed a mind-control arcade game. I mean, it, it, it would surprise me. It would not surprise me at all. It's wild. Let's see. We have Diablo's Secret Warrior Cows. Fighting Cows. We had that in Wild West Cowboys of Moo Mesa already. <laughs> the San Andreas Sasquatch. I think I've heard of that one. All right. Here we get to the one of one of my favorite ones, as we mentioned earlier. Shang Long was a secret Boston Street Fighter, too. Yep. The rumor was bolstered by an April Fool's joke in the April 92 issue of Electronic Gaming Monthly that claimed they had discovered how to unlock the secret boss. All you had to do was beat the whole game without taking any damage and not land a single punch on M. Bison at the end, meaning you must let the timer run out. 
This was eventually corrected in the user manual for the Super Nintendo port, wherein the design team got in on the joke and named Shang Long as Ryu's master, which was actually, that was retconned when it was proven that uh, Gen was his master, and later incorporated him into a Street Fighter comic series. I didn't know <laughs> that. Hitting at a time when the gaming industry was building into the forces become the legend of Shang Long. Wait a minute. Hold on. Okay, we're going to read that one. This was bullshit. To this day, you can't convince me this doesn't work. Blowing on your Nintendo cartridge actually did something. Oh, yes. no. Oh, no. That absolutely works. Yes. Kiss my ass. Yes. I, yeah, no. Uh, I mean, there's a couple other things. Like, uh, if uh, you're in a game, you're really struggling, you have to, like, sit forward and, like, yep. get in that position. These things you, matter because you sm- feel that the game feels you. That or like uh, you're like driving a car, or whatnot, and you're like, like it's really intense. You're like, you turn this, you turn sharper. <laughs> exactly because you got to ma- lean the way I lean. Damn it, you know. Yep. Come on, man. Let's see. Uh, this is what it says. Anyone who grew up with cartridge-based gaming has run into the same problem at one point. You pop in a cartridge, and for some reason, nothing seems to be working. You take out the cartridge, give it a good blow, thinking the problem might be dust in the cartridge, and presto, it's working again. Yep. But blowing on the cartridge actually ever effective, or is it something that made its way around the playground? I didn't even learn that at the playground. I learned that at home just by watching. We had a NES. My brother's dad did this with... I want to say it was like Contra or Double Dribble on the NES, and it worked. Uh, so don't 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 tell me otherwise. Yeah, uh, turns when out I was, this, when I was yeah. in daycare, uh, we had an NES we could play, and we did that. See, uh, you can't convince me this does not work. It says, turns out the trick that made you feel like a genius wasn't really doing anything. While the blowing gave our brains some sort of comfort, the reality is that Nintendo's connectors in the system could often wear out over time, especially in the NES, but simply taking out the cartridge and putting it back tended to do the job. Though that didn't stop each and every one of us from taking deep breaths and fixing them ourselves. I don't care. That works. Uh, there's a robot chicken episode where, like, uh, I t- talked about this or whatnot. And essentially, um, New Game got bought and said, "Hey, the game, uh, old game, like, hey, listen, that little connector pin you have in you, take loosen it up and whatnot." And he's like, "Why? Just, just trust me." Does it? And then it's not, the game's not working. The kid blows at it, and then cartridge is going, "Oh my god, yes!" Mm-hmm. Like, I, I will not be convinced that that shit is not real yep whatever you know here's another one no here's another one i i want to throw at you do you remember the first time like that you uh the first time in a game you saw like a decapitation or anything like what was the first shocking thing you saw in a game or if you accidentally did a fatality when you're like eight I never got to see fatalities or whatnot the most shocking thing i saw in a game the first the first time Oh God! You're making me really have to think here. Honestly, like the first time I saw Fatal, like first time I ever saw the the fucking PC do a uh or the uh the AI do a Fatal on me, I was like, what the fuck? Like I, I was playing Mortal Kombat three on Super Super NES, and I was playing as Jax. I lost the I lost the match or whatever, and the 
AI did the fucking finisher where he grows big and crushes you with his foot. Oh, Jax. I hated that fatality. That was stupid. I was, like, yeah. I, was like, I was like, what the fuck did I just watch? <laughs> well, like, it, the only time I ever did a fatality was it was, oh, it was it was at my cousin's house. We were playing one of the newer Mortal Kombat. I can't remember which one. Uh, I was playing Nightwolf. I pulled a fatality and it was gory as hell. Oh, um, it wasn't Mortal Kombat for me. It was playing Killer Instinct. Like, you you know, when you're a kid, you're just pressing buttons, especially if you're playing against an adult. And yep. also, as an adult, the worst thing the worst thing as an adult gamer is for a kid to beat you when they don't know what they're doing. That's and, the, oh, when they're just butt smashing, you get, like, you actually have some idea what you're doing. They're butt smashing, they beat you. Oh, it's so frustrating. Yeah, but now, but as a kid, it's the one thing you get to hold over their heads yeah. for like ever and ever. So we're playing Killer Instinct, which was back in the days of renting consoles. That was like the go-to rental game in the house. Um, playing my brother's dad. Shout out, you know, to uh, Mister, you know, Ed, Edward McRae, and he always used TJ Combo without fail because that was the dude. Honestly, I have the soundtrack to Killer Instinct, nineteen ninety-five. It's so dope, Killer Cuts. Anyway, so. I would, you know, I'm always the kid that's jumping around on the screen because I don't know what I'm doing with the character yep. on the ground. So you want to jump to try to get a little bit of something going. Yep. And I accidentally did an ultra combo to dude. And it was one of those where he almost broke the controller. That was uh, freaking amazing. <laughs> the ultra combo was harder to pull off a killer instinct than doing any fatality in a Mortal Kombat game. Because like it's you could look them you could always look them up in magazines back in the day, but the and input, down the road they eventually put them. I guess you could pause the game, look up your fatality, and then which I think uh, sucks. I I don't. I like that element where it's like you have a where an airway you can actually like find it. Because like here's the thing: how to constantly look up what fatalities back in the day? Yeah, you had to look it up. You had to write down all your fatalities or your cheat yeah. codes, whatever. But having it where like nowadays you can actually, it's easy to find. It's better that way you actually can learn it. Absolutely. As opposed to, oh, I'm just gonna, you know, pause the game. And that's another thing that, that chaps my ass as a gamer is that you can pause Mortal Kombat. Back in that, back then, you couldn't pause Mortal Kombat. You know, uh, it was oh, let's, let's better to do it right then and there. Uh, no, like, God, do you, do you remember back in like the, uh, the days of the early stuff and whatnot, like how cheesy that shit was. Oh no question. Every uh, every care every game had um had cheese characters. Well, that cheese so characters, like cheese moves. Like Mortal Kombat three, in my personal opinion, has the biggest cheese bullshit in the game. Like, did you I'm ever not play like MK three as much? It's what we had for the uh, Super NES. So, uh -huh. but like, did you ever like play against somebody and they just crouch down the whole time and just try to uppercut you the, the whole damn time? <sighs> Yeah. Or you sit there, you sit there, and just be like, both trying to see who can get the uppercut, or they butt smash the uh, the punch button, and you couldn't get close enough to them. Now, the last time I sat down with anybody and played MK3 regularly was with um, um, with Jesse, my daughter's mother, when we were together, and she would always beat me with Sindel, and it would drive me nuts. And I said, I can't stand this game. She said, No, you just suck at it, which is partially that it like I. Here's what here's my problem with Mortal Kombat 3. I, I like the game, absolutely, but it tried to be Killer Instinct. They reinvent they added an extra wheel to the vehicle that did not yeah. fit by adding combos and the ability to run. It didn't yeah. feel natural. Yeah. 
but uh, the, the the fatalities in that game were pretty gnarly, especially uh, my my older brother Bobby. He uh, all he would play is fucking Sub Zero. So here's what he did: Sub Zero and MK3 is pretty freaking cheap. Uh, he would button smash the standing punches, so like you can't get close to him, and then he'd spam the freeze every time. Now there was two way to free two ways to uh, freeze on there with the forward projectile and the uh, straight the up ice down. up. Yeah. He would, he would do the up and down and like, since you get close to me, I'm punching you the whole time. Oh, now you get close to me? Freeze up. Oh, you're frozen. I hit you. All right, uppercut you. Uh, although I was a bit of a che- cheeser myself. Do you remember Cyrax? No, I of it. Well, you remember Cyrax, right? Yeah, of course. Uh, you know how you had a, uh, a slam in that game, right? Yes. If I could connect one slam on you, I could slam you to your health bar is gone. I might, I might want to beat your ass for real. <laughs> no, it was no, we, I, my brother would piss me off. I, I connected him. I connected the slam and he slam over and over. He gets so pissed, like you're sitting there spamming freeze and punches. Don't you talk to me? And you know oh. what? Like, like I said, I, I, I might have to have that fight, fought you then. Uh, but you know, we're all guilty of it because you find out you find. You, most people try to find that shortcut with that one character. Yeah, we're all guilty. It's like play, it's like uh, playing Tekken and using Horong just because like he's all kicks and everything, and he's got a long reach. So I totally or, get that. Uh, Keelik in Keelik. Uh, I, I, Caliber. I I hate playing Jared in Soul Caliber because that's all he uses. Keelik is was my main. He was Jared's main, and what was it? Uh, so I think it was Soul Calibur Five, which sucks. Um, I only ever played Soul Calibur Two. You, that's the best one, dude. I still don't think we have a copy of somewhere. Get a copy. You've got a GameCube, don't you? No, this is for Xbox, dude. This was Spawn. Oh, Spawn. Now I haven't played that version. Um, I think it's still at my mom's house. I just have to find it. See. I would jump on that. Uh, now, I had the PS2 version, which had Heihachi Mishima as yep. the uh, special guest character, and he didn't uh, have a weapon or anything, didn't need one. Soul Cal 2 is so goaded. Jeez. It was, it was so cool because, like, each console had exclusive. Uh, Xbox had Spawn. PlayStation had... Heihachi Mishima from Tekken. And then, uh, I believe, uh, GameCube had Link. They had Link because I have that game, and I and I and I called Jared one day when I finally played it because all I had ever played was the PS2 version. Number one, the GameCube version looks ten times better, and it plays ten times better because I always dismissed GameCube because I like my fighting my tournament fighters at the time, and it, I just always felt that wasn't conducive outside of Smash. Yeah. I didn't think it was going to play a really good game. And lo and behold, holy crap! That C uh, stick is butter. <laughs> Uh, like Soul Calibur 2 has probably got some of the best game flow one, and so many characters. Yeah, and also the stages are gorgeous. The music's great. Um, now, if, if you're going to full remake a fighting game, do that one. I'm cool with that. Nah, they'll just continue, they'll just continue the cycle. And, has Soul Calibur, has it been Soul Calibur in years? Not in a while. I think 6. When did 6 come out? Because I played 6 um, on, on PC. Let's see, Soul Calibur 6, 2018. So we're due for one. I would say so, yeah, I would definitely say so. 
Uh, I wonder if there is one in development right now. Um, could, you, could you imagine they come out like a, a Soul Calibur collection? <gasps> yes, please. That, a, would, a, that would rock. A, a, a AAA companies, we're printing you money right now. Do a Soul yeah. Calibur collection. As as of July of 2021, the series has sold over 17 million units. That's very damn impressive. It's it's a classic, and like uh, Nightmare is probably the most iconic character in the game. I honestly I don't like using Nightmare. I don't like using characters that are so heavy. I like maneuverability in my guy in my yeah. character. But like Nightmare, like his power attacks were just brutal. Did you see that Nightmare was used in Death Battle? I don't know if you like used to watch Death Battle regularly or still uh, do. periodically every so often. It's an older one. Death it was a Nightmare versus Guts. Oh, it was God. it was sick, it was it was nasty. That was my introduction to guts, and I'm like, um, Love, what the I, hell? Uh, I'm gonna say is, folks, if you if you're in if you watch anime, I don't recommend Berserk for the faint of heart. It's not. I wasn't. I I wasn't ready. No it's, bullshit. It is like it, it's it's on the level of uh, a comic kill. Uh, speaking of death battle, the newest one they just released was Ant Man versus Adam. Eh, you're gonna yeah, see, you're just gonna be like, oh, we're big, we're small, we're big, we're small, we're big, we're small, we're normal. Okay, that sounds kind of whack, but yeah, like going back to Soul Cow, I would absolutely not mind um, another another game in that series. You know what other fighting series I miss, and it's and it's a true OG because it was the first home 3D fighter, Virtua Fighter. Yeah, hey, absolutely. I thought something. Do you think Soul Calibur is where Mortal Kombat got the idea to start including characters that were not originally in their uh like catalog oh i never thought about that actually because because like again like uh soul cover three uh they introduced yoda yeah no that was number four was it four yeah i i have soul cow three no it was, it was number four but and if it was it number five that had ezio auditory from uh, assassin's creed ezio ezio mm. Don't, you don't mess with the goat of the of the uh, Assassin's Creed. Oh, uh, my apologies to the, to the <laughs> Assassin's Creed fan base out uh, there. And then, like, uh, the, the, I think the first character that was introduced that was not Mortal Kombat wasn't that Kratos. I can't I can't recall right off the top. I just remember Kratos was busted in the game he was in. I would believe that. Uh, let's see. Um, looking here at number five. Uh, see five. Yeah, number five had a uh, Ezio. I don't see a listing for Kratos. That anymore. was in Mortal Kombat. Oh, Mortal Kombat. Also in uh, Soul Cal Four was Darth Vader. Yep, I remember one one uh, one uh, console had Yoda, one had Vader. And speaking of Soul Calibur, I read an article earlier. Is uh, the top ten Sega Dreamcast games of all time, and the first Soul Calibur was ranked number one as the yeah. greatest as the greatest Dreamcast game ever. I mean, doesn't surprise me. No, not at all. And I'm and that's a console I truly miss. I, I I've never known of I've never known of a company to have worse timing than Sega. I, like, just how it they goes. had the. They had the best timing with the Genesis, dropping that and doing that dope ass Genesis does when Nintendo don't commercial that had it that 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 commercial had everybody in it. it had Joe Montana in it. It had Buster Douglas who just knocked out Tyson. 
uh, within the upset of the century. It had Michael Jackson in it for crying out loud. Yeah. I don't even want to know how much it costs just to film that commercial for <laughs> everybody being in it. Because this was Joe Cool with four Super Bowl rings, Michael's Michael, and then you just got yep. the guy who became the heavyweight champion of the world. But they dropped with the Genesis, which was great. The timing of the Saturn was bad because then Sony dropped the PlayStation. The Dreamcast was an amazing console. I gave I, I gave mine to Jared. I bought one and gave it to him, and including all the games. I think I had Crazy Taxi. But soon after that, PlayStation 2. Yep. And what and the the Dreamcast had online play, but it did not have a DVD drive. Yep. And that's what Sony that's what Sony had. Um, another thing we could thank Sega for with the Dreamcast is creating is creating the one game franchise that has ruined more relationships than in, than any franchise. NBA Two K. Uh, have you seen Monopoly? No, that just starts fights. That ruins families. That's different. <laughs> relationships. Monopoly ruins families. As a matter of fact, I'm looking at my Monopoly game right now in my uh, in my chest here, the Golden Girls Monopoly, and I still haven't had anybody to play it with yet. Yeah, uh, yeah. You, you don't play with me. Monopoly takes too damn long anyway. Mm, I get when I was playing with my brother, uh, my cousin, a couple of people. We had it done in two hours. Yeah, I ain't got that kind of time. Dude, that's, that's short for Monopoly game. I know it but is, but even then, like, come on, bro. We we were cutthroat. I mean, this is this is why we play. This is why we play like shit, like Uno. Uno, in theory, should not take that long. But I remember one night we had a family game night, and we played what was called Giant Uno. Yep, with the, these cards that were like as tall as me. You know, that'd be another fun thing to discuss is uh, our fa- our bo- favorite board games we grew up playing. Oh, God. That's a that's a I, I, I mean, you know, me and Jared, we love our board games. Yes. Yes, you guys do. Uh, honestly, I thought of a fun idea. If we could ever get you, me, uh, Jared and uh, the jeweler together, do a uh, like maybe do a live stream of us playing Soul Calibur 2. That would be a lot of fun. But, we but here's stipulation. 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 We're gonna we're gonna do this as though it was a Smash tournament. Each player gets three bands. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, we should definitely. We could also do that with Golden Eye, to which all of you die. Um, Nobody. Whoops I my I'm not good with Golden Eye. I'm not. I admit that. I'm not good with it. Uh, you should see me and Matt go to war some Golden. If you if you want to go to war, fucking, we'll play some Age Under Fire. So this just. That, that's actually, my shit. I actually uh, did away with that one. It wasn't my favorite Bond. I love Nightfire a lot. Uh, Age Under Fire has really good multiplayer. Okay, I'll give you for the multiplayer. Um, now I do have an extra controller. We can make that work if you ever, you know, come up, come down this way. Here's, here's I, the thing. My goal is to within the next maybe few months drop down to if they still have it down there, drop down to Perryville and pick up an OG Xbox. Yeah, with that deal you told me about, what was it? Uh, I think it was wow. 80, 90 bucks for a GameCube and Xbox. Oh no, uh, eighty nine bucks a piece. It's about oh, less than, oh. less than less than two hundred for both. But still, okay, even then, though, that's a steal in itself. Yep. So I just thought about something with you uh, t- uh, talking about you know your you know di- digging back into hip hop as of late. So I have a I have oh, a card God. game. 
I have a card game that is called Black Card Revoked. So I just happened to open this up and think about what you said earlier. Uh, so I have a question for you, as you are not black. We're live here on Triple B. Is going to play a little bit of Black Card Revoked. In what year did Cash Money Records take over? 96? You know, get get the hell out of here. You know this song. Back that oh. ass up. Oh, my God. Cash Money Records taking over for the 9-9 in the 2000. Yeah, get the hell out of here. Yeah. <laughs> See, now... Yeah, these cars, this game is hilarious, and like my family's all played it and everything. See, I, I, I don't live around enough black folks around here to have to play this with anybody. Now, this one, you better know, a scrub is a blank. Uh, I know the song. I, just, I, can't, I don't remember the lyrics. Here's the thing, I don't know lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> a scrub is a guy that can't get no love from me. From me. Hanging it's, on it's, the it's, the song's are the sh- of it's, it's a shaggy song. Like, I know who sings it, Shaggy. No, it's not. Oh, I hate huh? you. That's TLC. Oh, Bye. my God. I am kicking every bit of your ass. Oh, go for it. Oh, yeah, it's well, a different song. The, I, I don't know all of the black artists that well. I, here's the thing. I tend to gravitate to certain songs. I recognize certain songs. I couldn't tell you the label, uh, the album, or anything like that. I'm so disappointed in you. Like, we gotta, yeah, I, I, like I got to fix this. Get some more black friends, bro. Yeah. Uh, this one, okay, this one is hilarious because I was just talking about this the other day. Because growing up, did you ever be, were, did you ever have Crown Royal bags in your house? Nope. Okay. So, we did. I did not know for the longest time as a child that Crown Royal was alcohol. I thought it was what you kept changing. So, with that being said, what's most likely to be found in a cra- purple Crown Royal bag? <laughs> Dice? No, cigarettes, weed, candy, loose change. Uh, that's the difference. Uh, here's the <laughs> thing. A lot of gamers would get a bottle of Crown Royal because that bag now became a dice bag. Actually, okay, I, I like that. that. That's another creative way. That's a non-Afro, Afrocentric uh, answer. But I'll, for me, it was always loose change. But no, really, I think the predominant answer should be weed. Uh, <laughs> Let's see. By what time did you have to be home when you were a kid? When the streetlights came on. There it is. You got one. I would see. The other <laughs> one was when it got dark, 8 o'clock or midnight. Let's see. Um, out of these four, best television sitcom of all time, The Cosby Show, Martin, Good Times, or Fresh Prince of Bel-Air? Fresh Prince. Martin. Bro, come on. All right, now this one would be something you could ask for your um, your wife, for Rachel. A woman can never have too many blank. Shoes? That That's one of the answer, uh, choices. The other ones were bags, men, or options. <laughs> you better keep your eyes uh, open. Oh, what's, what's funny is uh, when I, show, I showed Rachel what I was kind of like in my, uh, like for two weeks straight, I was like in a uh, trick daddy mood. I kid you not, for almost two weeks straight, I listened to uh, Bet That on repeat. You know, when you put me onto that song, I, you know, I was like, I, 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 I fuck with this. Um, um, now, my introduction to Trick Daddy was Nan. You don't know Nan. Here's the thing. Rachel didn't know what that crunk music was a thing. 
okay, I, I think the world of your wife, but I could totally tell that she ain't listening to no kind of nothing. I could oh, tell. she it's listens to she listens to more stuff like that than I do. Uh, it's certainly like well, more newer stuff or whatnot. But like, she didn't know what cr- that crunk music was a thing. She's like, like yeah, this this is crunk music. She's like, what's? She looked it up. And she's like, oh, she's only ever heard it in in like uh like crunk in music. She didn't know that it was actual genre. <sighs> This is why two Americas are a real thing. We grew up in two different worlds. But crunk music, okay, in high school, no bullshit, in high school, I really thought I was trying to be something like that. Like, there would be dudes that would put, like, uh, what we would do is we would take the the, the the tent or the foil from a from a gum wrapper and pretend yep. that we made and made a grill out of that shit and be like, eh, you know, and yeah. all that nonsense. And um, everybody listened to Mike Jones, you know. Who? My mm, 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 what's that phone number? Two eight one three three zero eight zero zero four. Everybody was about that. And speaking you know, speaking of that, um, the best experience I ever had with that name, Mike Jones, was uh back between my junior and senior high school. I went to an event called Missouri Boys Day. It's where uh, some of the brightest minds, uh, high schoolers, go and to create their own uh mock government from city uh-huh. level, county level to state level. Okay. Uh. The uh, and the former the last year's governor came back. Guess what his name was? Mike Jones. That's hilarious. So I want you to imagine this guy comes in and uh, everybody says uh, he says uh, Mike Jones. Everybody and everybody says who? Yes, that is the best. Now that that's that's the sign of a of a, of of kids who had a good ass teenage years. Everybody needs to know who is my no, 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 come on. Um, that was the equivalent of yelling, I'm Rick James, bitch, down the hallway in high school. Yeah, and also, or, can we get that? Can we, uh, what's up? Well, if you know, you know, and since yep. we are nostalgia personified, you definitely know. <laughs> um, that would be another fun one to discuss our favorite commercials from our childhood. I think the ones we that just, have discussed that. Have we had that one? I think so. Because you mentioned Wad Up, and it got me thinking of the Taco Bell dog and Taco uh, Bell. Yeah, and the um, Keystone Light bitter beer face commercials, which um, are very accurate because that is a terrible beer to begin with. Yeah. Or um, re or Ricola with the dude playing the thing Ricola. Yeah. yeah. Uh, God. This episode has been all over the place. But isn't it? See, ladies and gentlemen, this is what we sound like on the phone. This is just how it we is. talk. And we some just days, go just, all over the place. And to this morning, we're just cutting it up and you know, shoot and shooting the shit. Or just uh, giving you some uh, to, like this episode is pretty much us just talking about some nostalgic stuff, discussing some gaming news or nerd news, or any part of it. Like, and I, here in a little bit, I want to like uh, talk talk some movies or whatnot coming up. Yeah, definitely. So, oh. Like, but, Oh man, I said I definitely think we have talked uh, about commercials before. Okay, well, yeah, we could say we'll say we have then, you know. Um, and I just thought of Crossfire, and that's another thing: jingles that live rent free in your head. We did that one too. Crossfire, yeah. That's that board game was like atrocious, but that it was jingle. so bad. But dude, here's the thing: I didn't know that until my late twenties. I didn't realize how mid the actual game of Crossfire is. That jingle made you want to have it. It really does. It makes it feel like you're in some post post apocalyptic run by kids world, which I mean the '90s oh. kind of is run by kids. 
the Super Soaker commercials. Epic. Like you, the thing was like those Super Soakers were legit compared to like the cheapos you could get. No, yeah, no, no joke. Um, I really, like, I really wanted like to have. I, I wanted Super Soakers as a kid, but you know, you can only get what you can, what you can get. But they made everything was made to seem bigger than it was for the purpose of selling you something. And to to that decade's credit, they they did a great job with yep. you know marketing to kids. If it's even if it's zany and outlandish, did a damn good job. I you know gotta give them credit there. Shit, um, you know, and 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 folks will always as always let us know if there's anything you want us to talk about when we get back to, when we get you know Mr. Moss back. We will. Um, Moss, Moss man, say, I got yeah, whichever. <laughs> you motherfuckers' names are too too damn close. No wonder y'all are so close. But when I we mean, get Jared back on, I mean, we get Jared back on the this. show, um, yeah, you know, we'll we're gonna we're gonna be talk, discussing you know some Disney songs like you know we had planned previously. But what did you have? This to is, say, uh, I say like I don't know if you know this, but like me and Jared's joke, we well, joked about this a lot. Is essentially was whenever I went over to his house, I gained the man. Whenever he came over to my house, he lost the man. <laughs> What was, what was it? Uh, I think you guys were having a conversation not too long ago, basically about how although you and Rachel are husband and wife, like you, you and Jared are like each other's Jay and Silent Bob. Y'all are each other's hetero life mates. Like he's had more experience. You've had more experience taking care of him. Yep. And he's had more experience taking care of you than y'all's wives have. Yep. <laughs> so like, like whenever they so whenever they have questions about something, honestly, they why why doesn't Miranda call you? And then Rachel called Jared. <laughs> I don't know. For <laughs> hell, when all those fails, call me. I, yep. I think I know a little, a few things about taking care of Jared. Yeah, but the unfortunate thing is this. Jared is one of the most stubborn people you'll ever meet. When he's got something in his head, you can't tell him otherwise. I, yeah, he's, he's probably the most stubborn man I know, quite frankly. I know a lot more, I know a lot more women more stubborn than him. Just, just saying. But he is literally, when it comes to his mentality, he can be the biggest bull in the china shop because once he's he's set on it, get out of his way. Yep, it's it's hard to tell him no too. And you know what? Just it's not even worth it. Just hey, let him let him do let him do what he does. Yeah. But we'll be we'll be happy to have him back soon. Also today, as of recording, uh, WWE's Night of Champions is about to take place in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia. So I will be watching that, and then we'll have some. Th- I'll have some thoughts on that in a few days. We'll jump back on here and give my thoughts on that show. Um, it's a loaded. It's a for a for a Saudi show. It's quite a loaded card. Very much looking forward to that. Um, There's just a lot going on in wrestling, as a matter of fact, which we will be addressing on riffing and wrestling um, down the road with Jared and Matt. And oh, uh, speaking of wrestling, uh, you mentioned the other day uh, AEW's game is finally launching. Yes, yes, that's right. Fight Forever is finally launching. It is available for pre-order right now and pre-installation. Um, I saw some screenshots of it. Basically, now the people who are making this Ukes, before we uh, wrap things up, Ukes oh, is before making we, this... Two movies I want to talk about before we wrap things up. But oh, after shit. this, I want to talk about two movies real quick. Yeah, well, I'll make this one quick so you, and, and, and give you the stage. Uh, Ukes is making Fight Forever. Ukes are the same people that were just behind the SmackDown mm-hmm. versus Raw series. And the iconic WWF No Mercy. So, so it should be a good game. It's going to be. Now I saw some screenshots, and it has enough blood for 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 to be. You could call this game Doom. 
Uh, it's do they have, obscene. Do they have a death match in it? I I I don't know actually. Uh, uh, but I would I I'd absolutely believe it simply I mean, because if, if they do, that'll be the first WWE, first wrestling game to have a death match in it. Um. Yeah. Probably. Really. Yeah. Because uh, you don't get those here, and I don't think anything you get those in. Um. Oh. Yep. Here it is. Um. Let's see. Nine match types, including singles, tags, ladders, the casino battle royale, and the exploding barbed wire death match. Hopefully, the pyro works. Unlike in the real match. <laughs> yep. The game also features online play and intergender wrestling, the first game made by Uke since SmackDown vs. Raw 2009 to, to feature intergender wrestling, set to release June 29th. Uh, dang it, they got me again. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so that would be uh, on, on the wrestling front. Now, Byron, you got a couple of films you want to talk yep. about, so you go ahead, yep. brother. Uh, it got announced a couple weeks ago, but the Meg 2 is gonna happen. I've never seen the first one. Oh, uh, it's a uh, it's not bad. It's so the Meg is based off of a book series by Steve Alton. Great novels. I have all but the last one. Uh, it's essentially premises. Uh, what if the Meg never disappeared? Was actually living deep in the ocean. Now the first okay. one. So the first one it deviates quite a bit from the book, but it's still a it's still enjoyable. Uh, the second one is it's a it's a loose adaptation. It's a loose inspiration. Uh, all I say is watch the trailer. You're gonna see uh, Jason Statement put his foot on a fucking massive shark's face. Holy crap! Well, I mean, it's Jason Statham. Yeah, and uh, the the opening mu- the music for the trailer is Barracuda. Fitting, love that. Yeah. So like, it's here's the thing. It's gonna be a, a summer blockbuster, whatever you want to call it. Like, is it gonna do super great? Is it gonna be a super amazing movie? No. Is it gonna be a fun movie? Yes. Well, that might that'll definitely be worth going to see in theaters. You're gonna convince the wife to go with you? No, she won't see it with me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you'll have to tell. Uh, uh, what do you have a release date for that? Uh, I think it's in June. Let's take a look. We can find that out real quick. I think like June 26. All right, let us see when that is. Meg to the Trench, August 4th. Oh, August 4th. That's off by a few days. It's fine. Oh, if anything, I know that the score is going to be epic. It's done by Harry Gregson Williams, who did the soundtrack to Arm to the Rock and Armageddon and Metal Gear Solid 2 and 3. So there's that. So what else you got on your mind? Uh, well, this weekend uh, and next time we have uh, we can, uh, convene, I will be reviewing uh, The Machine. It is right, a, we'll a movie. It's a movie based off of a store, uh, a comedy bit that uh, Bert Crusher did in his one of his specials, and essentially, it's how this whole his whole story and whatnot got blown up way out of proportion in Russia, and he has to go back. And, oh, that's gonna be funny. He's I like him. Uh, and his the person playing his father is Mark Hamill. Ah, yes. <laughs> I say, I highly recommend watching the, the trailer. You literally see Mark Hamill doing lines of Coke. Like, I, I, I think I'm okay with this. Yes, it looks like, a, it's like I said, is it, is it going to be a blockbuster, like a, oh my God, million, like billion dollar movie? No. Is it going to be funny as hell? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it actually released yesterday. Yep, and I will be watching it on Monday. Uh, while the wife is at work, I will go watch uh, me a movie. 
you will absolutely have to tell us all about it and uh, we'll... i will I, I highly recommend it like i've not seen anything from what i've seen of it it looks funny if you've ever seen uh any of bert's uh stand-up stuff the man is hilarious like it just it's it'll be a fun watch well, I'm de- well. We're definitely looking forward to hearing your thoughts on the film um, after after you uh, go see it. Um, but we're gonna go ahead and wrap things up, tie a bow off on this uh, on us just shooting the shiz knit here and talking turkey on a little bit of everything on Triple B's. We'll have Jared back on next episode, and uh, we and once again, uh, Byron's gonna be doing movie reviews for us uh, coming up for for uh, the machine and then he'll be going to see the meg too when that drops later this summer so we'll be we'll yep. definitely want to see your hear your thoughts on that uh night of champions sweet saudi money i forget what edition uh this one will be electric boogaloo uh will be taking place here in a little bit for uh, wwe a lot of great stuff mm-hmm. in wrestling tons of great stuff in in gaming and this entertainment and we cross all your we hopefully we tickled your nostalgia uh soul today your nostalgic soul and we had a lot of fun this was great as always yeah, I, man. Enjoy, I enjoyed this you know we'll, we'll definitely we got we got to get the man back on here and also we sprinkled in some anime and i learned some shit today too yeah so. <laughs> and honestly like uh if you if you had, like uh if you like the uh, like looking over some like the top 10 best whatever lists or whatnot like send us some links and we'll be more than happy to look at it and give us our opinion on some of the stuff Absolutely. Remember, follow us. We're at Beards, Beards and Bros underscore Bros on Twitter. Find us there. We're on we're on Facebook. Also on YouTube, the Beards, Brews and Bros podcast on YouTube, which this will be going up there very shortly. So feel free. Help, 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 help the brothers out. Shoot, we trying yep. to. Shoot, this is this is a business, if you will. The American dream that the road here. <laughs> trying to tell you to check these feathers out. They're so sweet and so pretty, baby. <laughs> I once did. I, I, want, I want to tell you once on the on on the radio. I actually did a Dusty Rhodes impersonation. Every once in a while, I would do like wrestler impersonations. <laughs> oh, me! Tell tell me you did a uh, Randy Savage one. I don't remember, but I tell you what, brother, you gotta check out these fellas on the what, what do you call it here? Uh, beards, brews, and bros. Yeah. <laughs> they hear that they're the cream of the crop that always rises to the top, tickling every bit of your nostalgia bones in the 1990s. Great time period for the macho men in the NWO in the madness. Yeah. Like <laughs> Excellent. No, I did do a Razor Ramon one on Z95 one night. Like, hey, yo, Bonehead Nation, you got to check out my man K-Rob here. He gets all the ladies, all the ones that... The Chico here doesn't get, you know. I got to pass them on to my man, K-Bro. Check them out. 7 to midnight, Z95. Yo, something like that. So, you know, even wrestling legends are telling you to check us out. So you got to do. So, but uh, as for us, got a Saturday. I got company coming in. My daughter's still asleep, so I'm going to go wake her up. Um, uh, I've got to go do chores at some point in time, but it, then I got to run my Vampire the Masquerade game tonight. Oh, you hopefully, have fun with that. Hopefully, nobody dies. Can't guarantee that. <laughs> that, that, that. That would always be a nice thing. Um, but, you know, folks, once again, we thank you so much for listening and all of your continued support as we are still on the road to first milestone 1,000 subscribers. We're going to get there with your support. Uh, we can't thank you enough. So, for the man, Mr. Byron Moss, I'm K-Rob. We do what we do here. Remember, be kind and always rewind. 
We'll see you next time on Triple B's. Peace. Have a good day.